0: At the beginning of the job interview process, you're just a piece of paper. Another resume submitted for the gig. You get piled up with the other papers and before you even know it, you've been placed into one of two piles, the no's or the yeses. This is the show all about getting you into the yes pile. Hey, welcome to the yes pile. The show that helps you transform your professional persona to land you where else? in the yes pile of candidates for your dream job. I'm your host, Tessa Wolf. I'm a recovering corporate manager turned career coach. I've coached hundreds of professionals in my career and I've interviewed thousands more. And now I'm here to help you navigate this brave new world and to provide you with simple and actionable advice for success at any stage of your career. My goal, help you land your perfect job and then kick ass at it. So whether you're putting off drafting that resume, actively on the job hunt, navigating hurdles in your current role, or considering a complete career switch, I'm here to share my best tips and tricks to position you for success. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Yes Pile. Today, I am super excited to work with you. That's right. We are working it today. This episode is a manager in training workshop. So are you a new manager or a new-ish manager? Or maybe you're a manager who's been at it a while but feeling like you need a little reset. That's okay too. If that sounds like you, then today's show is made just for you because I am going to be sharing the five key traits of a great manager that will serve as your guiding light as you begin to coach and lead teams forward. So. First things first, if you are a new manager, congratulations. This likely means you've done an excellent job mastering your job skill set and now you're ready to oversee others. And honestly, I want you to realize this isn't just an extension of your past role. This is a total evolution Managing people doesn't just mean your responsibilities have grown. It means they are completely shifting. You are now responsible for teaching, guiding, supervising, and growing other professionals and ensuring their work is delivering what it needs to to help your company achieve their goals at the end of the day. So as you step into this new role, embrace the idea that your priorities will change your focus will change, and your approach and philosophy should too. And that's what we're really gonna focus on today. I trust you that you know the technical skills required of your job and your team's jobs, right? You wouldn't have got here if you didn't. So where I wanna help you today is refining and shaping how you approach your role as a manager with the goal of becoming a manager that people want to work for and with. So let's talk about that. When you think about being a manager, my best advice to you is to try to be the manager you wish you had. Now that doesn't mean you have a bad manager right now and that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. We all need different things at work, but there are some consistent traits of really great managers that I want you to know, embrace, and work towards. So today, we are going to focus on five big ones. And if you make these five areas your priority and focus as a manager, you'll be setting yourself up for success. Trust me. So trait number one for being an awesome manager is to think of yourself as a coach versus a boss. So when you're a coach, you're here to help and support your employees and your team. If you approach this role as a guide, as an expert, who is here to help them understand, focus, and reach their goals, you can't go wrong. Approaching your manager role as a coach means approaching the role from a team perspective in that you know the rules and you know the end goal, but you also know the strategy to get everyone there. Now. If you understand that your team are the players and they are on the field making calls in the moment and your role is to teach, practice, guide them forward so that they have the skills and intuition to make the right call, you're in the right headset. Now, approaching your job as a coach really does a great job of positioning you to be the motivator and the leader. Whereas approaching it from a quote unquote boss perspective, positions you to be the yes or no person, the final check-in person, the gosh, please don't make them mad person. And that is not what you want. You don't want to be the check the box at the end of process person. You wanna be the person who helps shape the direction forward, who is available to support and problem solve along the way. And then the person who's there cheering them on at the end of the day. You want to motivate, guide, provides structure and direction. And doing all of this lays the foundation for what your expectations are as a boss, which is one of the most important things you can do for your team. It also lets them know the charge, the task at hand, what we need to collectively accomplish. And it lets them know that you're in it with them. You're available when they need you and you'll be there to watch them cross the finish line. Doesn't that sound like the type of boss you'd want to have? One who provides direction and clear direction at that. One who's available to help make key decisions alongside you when you need the support. One who's open to leaning in when you need an extra set of hands. And one who actually sees you and sees the work you're doing and knows what it takes. And when you're getting it done, they're there to give you a high five. That sounds awesome to me. I don't know about you guys, but I would say be the coach not the boss, and help direct, guide, and lead your team forward. So the next trait I want you to focus on as you become this new manager is really being a manager who places an importance on goals and growth. Trait number two is to create a foundation for your team that is rooted in individual and team goals and growth. So when you start this role, Make an effort to get to know your team members, whether that's just one person, or maybe it's 10 people, or maybe it's more. Schedule time, a one-on-one, an introductory meeting with each person on your team and let them know this meeting is all about them. And in that meeting, I want you to work to understand who they are and what they do, what they need to learn to feel like a rock star in their role. Ask them about what it is they wanna do and accomplish both in their role today and beyond. Ask if there are things they need support with, things they wanna learn, things they want the opportunity to do. Work with them to turn those hopes into goals and goals that are tangible and focus on both short-term wins and long-term growth. Because as their coach, you wanna see them win. And I want you to work with them to identify and set SMART goals. And for those of you not familiar, SMART goals is just an acronym. It means specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time bound, right? So work with them to set up SMART goals and then set up regular check-ins to talk about their progress, their questions, and help ensure they are moving forward. Set up a 15 minute weekly check-in. It doesn't need to be anything intense. Just the two of you together, 15 minutes. Set up quarterly reviews. How are you doing? Are you tracking against your goals? Do we need to pivot? Do you need help, support, resources? And then one thing I love to do as we're helping people shape their own goals is set up a six-month evaluation, self-evaluation. Tell them to tell you how they feel about how they're performing against their goal plan. Make it a point to have these conversations regularly because as their coach and a coach that's focused on goals and growth, You are committed to providing real-time feedback, rooted in opportunity, as well as planned, organized conversations about helping them reach their goals. And the thing about feedback, while we're on that point, when you're a great coach who's really goal-oriented, feedback is really not rooted in fault-finding per se or finger-pointing. It's really about how they can continue to improve and shift the way of doing things to meet their own goals. It's about growth. And so when you're organizing feedback and helping coach somebody in real time, think about that. Sometimes we can get frustrated and just want to say, oh, this isn't right. But instead, take a beat. You're the manager. Take a deep breath and say, hey, this doesn't look the way it needs to. Here's what we should do next time and ground it in, we're growing, we're changing, we're getting better every day. And if you keep that forward positive approach, they will too. And listen, when you work to guide team members by grounding feedback in their own opportunity for advancement and development, it will motivate them to evolve and work on their areas of opportunity because they, just like you, want to continue to grow. They wanna be successful, they wanna advance, they want a promotion, they wanna raise, they want all the things. So if our feedback conversations are really rooted in their personal growth and goal development, they're gonna respond. And chances are, they've probably been looking for someone to help them focus and get ahead. And so here you are, ready to rock. And on that note, trait number three for great managers out there is to be a leader who listens and discusses, and this seems So simple, right? But it can be forgotten in the hustle and bustle of every day because you have things going on too and you manage a lot of people. Sometimes it's hard to slow down and just listen because it's in our instinct to just want to fix and move on. But this is a really important thing to do. Be the coach who makes the time to hear other people. As a coach, we're responsible for shaping and guiding a team. We're not handing down orders. At least not all of the time. A very critical trait of successful managers is that they listen to their team and I mean really listen. Active listening. They hear what people are saying. And they're able to hear what people aren't saying. They can read between the lines. And they meet their team and their employees where they are and they're good about letting them know that they've been seen, they've been heard, and they've been acknowledged. Now, it's not just about listening. It's also about the discussion, right? A great manager is open to discussion. However, the thing about being a great manager is you need to understand that when you have these discussions and you make yourself available to your team, which is wonderful and important, there is an unspoken expectation that when you're listening, you are also solving. It's a funny thing that happens. You get the manager title and there's an invisible hat on your head now that people expect you to solve a problem. Anything they might say into the ether. Whether they say, hey, you, fix this or not, they want you to do it. So that's something for you to recognize when you are discussing topics with your team. Remember, you're not just a sounding board. Not anymore. There is an expectation that you, as the guide, will help find solutions. So I advise that when you enter into discussions with your team, it's wise to position the conversation with your team members to set expectations on the upfront. And you can literally say okay, I know we're meeting to talk about this. Are we just talking about it to air it out, get it off our chests, Or do we need to take action steps coming out of this? Is there something you want me to or need me to do coming out of this conversation? And then agree on what those action steps are going to be actually articulate it and sometimes follow up an email to make sure that you're both on the same page. Because as the manager, it's really up to you to shape the expectations of your team member and help them understand what it is you can and can't affect. And the other part of this is when our team members have problems and they need someone to listen to them and help and coach them through it, It doesn't always mean that you and you alone as the manager are going to solve said problem, right? One of the things great managers do in these conversations is to help their employee action their own concerns. Coach them through how to be resourceful and how to be thoughtful and find their own solutions. Even if you know how to do it really easily, give them the tools to do it themselves. That's one of the greatest gifts you can give a team member. Teach them how to problem solve how to find resources how to approach difficult conversations themselves and be there to support them along the way don't leave them high and dry but don't just get in the habit of solving it for them help them through the process because remember as a manager it's no longer just water cooler complaints or you know a little gossip in the break room These folks want real change, and sometimes they're gonna expect you to just take care of it for them. But if we wanna help them advance, them become managers, them grow forward, it's up to you to teach them what real change looks like and where it starts from. So great managers meet their team members where they are, they really listen, they ask questions, they understand, and then they outline in agreement the action steps that they're both going to take help the employee resolve any issue or problem they may have. All right, trait number four, lead by example. This is a classic one. I know we've all heard this a million times, but there's a real power to this and there's a reason we hear it over and over again. So chances are you've scored a manager job because you exhibit not just great ability to do the work required of your position, but you likely have some natural leader qualities qualities and traits that the organization appreciates and wants others to also showcase. And these come in the form of soft skills, right? Those intuitive interpersonal skills that make you the inspiring manager or manager in training that you are. And it is more important than ever for you to continue demonstrating these, but to also make time to continue to work on your own growth in these areas. And the most important areas for you to continue to lead by example and as a new manager are honesty, transparency, and bucketed together. That means you'll be the manager who always tells the truth and speaks with candor. But I want you to also partner it with kindness. Be forthcoming, but also be compassionate, be human. Speak to others the way you'd want them to speak to you. Even in those tough conversations, practice kindness and directness and honesty two more that I think are pretty important here. Timeliness. Respond and guide when the time is right. Do not hesitate. Strike while the iron's hot. Don't let an issue go by. Don't ignore a problem. Don't let your employee feel unseen. If somebody asks for help, be responsive. If somebody's making a mistake, be responsive. Be available and be timely, both with communications and suggestions and help and sometimes people won't ask you to be timely but you'll need to rely on your intuition to know when you need to move with pace and the last one here the last thing that i really want you to work on leading by example in is positivity and motivation and this is so important i really think that in work culture is everything and you as a manager and leader are really responsible for working to cultivate and build the culture of your company. So as a manager, if you can demonstrate positivity and motivation, if you can keep your team excited and focused by keeping yourself positive and motivated, you'll be winning. Lead with enthusiasm and exude positivity. Talk about what wins mean and how awesome it is that someone's done a great job or that we as a team accomplished something. Talk about what success looks like and how everyone's a part of making an impact. Talk about how exciting it is, how good it feels when we do these things together, and also talk about any rewards that can come with it, both intangible and tangible rewards. So whether that's a bonus, an award at work, or just a high five and a special kudos in your team meeting, whatever it is, honor those successes and really ground your leadership and coaching style in positivity and motivation. Because honestly, if you're excited to come to work and get the job done, they will be too. Lead by example. All right, guys, and our fifth and final trait of amazing managers everywhere, be the big picture thinker. All right, so a challenge you are going to face as a manager is that your team is designed and intelligently so, so that your responsibilities are different than that of the folks on your team. And listen, as an available coach or a manager, your team sometimes will need you to get on their level and even dig into their day-to-day work. And that is great to do in that you'll understand the situation they're in, arm them with the tools to make the right decisions and keep them moving. But in that, you cannot forget your own role as a leader of a unit, a team, a division of your company you will need to actively remind yourself of your own responsibilities to the bigger picture. You need to remain the strategic goalkeeper. Sometimes as a manager, we find ourselves as a first responder. We're putting out fires, we're jumping from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, all in the name of helping our team. And while it's wonderful to wanna be the person that's there and able to help them, if you're finding yourself trapped in that cycle, What you're not doing is teaching them the tools they need to solve their problems and be self-reliant, and you're also not challenging yourself to continually remain the big picture thinker. What you really need to do, you are the strategic goalkeeper of your team, right? The big picture should always be the guiding direction in the coaching you're giving your team, always. You have the perspective they don't, and that's why you're the manager. You know what the company's goals are what the business mission is. And your job is to think about how you and your team can better support that, better deliver for your division, your boss, or your department, whatever that looks like for you. So use those big picture company ambitions to shape the goals and growth of the individuals on your team. Don't get so lost in their version of what success looks like that you forget to ground them in the realities of the big picture goals for your company. That's the lens and the filter you bring to the table to help them grow and succeed within the four walls of your business. And it's important that you share those big picture aspirations and all those big picture priorities with your team so that they understand what holistic success looks like. And even more important, so that they understand how their success contributes to the company's success. As a manager, you can't get lost in the day-to-day, and it is hard. It's hard. You need to keep that big picture, forward-thinking head on your shoulders, and you need to share that vision with the team so that they feel like they're a part of something and that they understand the work needed to help everyone find success. There you have it, guys. That was not hard, right? Five key traits of awesome leaders. Now you, new manager, you know what you need to do, and I have some homework for you. I wouldn't have called it a workshop if I wasn't going to put you to work. So in order to harness all of this great learning and turn it into action at work, I've got a couple of things I want you to do this week. First, I want you to make these traits into a list that you can visibly place in your work area as a reminder and a commitment to your team. Okay? a visible display of these five traits of awesome leaders that you're going to commit to honoring every day by choice to be the badass coach that you are. And as a reminder, the traits are be a coach instead of a boss, focus on goals and growth, be a leader who listens and discusses, lead by example, and be a big picture thinker. And I'll actually put these up on Instagram and make it super pretty so you can save it to your phone, print it out, make it your laptop wallpaper, whatever you want. But the key here is visually display this in your workspace to serve as a constant reminder of the commitment you are making today to being the best manager ever. Now your second task is to set up a one-on-one meeting with each of your direct reports. Just a single meeting. And in that meeting, I want you to make the effort to connect, to position yourself as a coach who cares, to begin to unpack their ambitions and their goals. So talk to your team members one-on-one, ask them how they're feeling. What's going well right now? What's really challenging you? What questions do you have? What support do you need? What are your goals both in this job today and beyond? and then work together to formulate a plan. Identify three things they can work on and work towards, and then commit to weekly check-ins to see how they're doing against that plan. Okay. And weekly check-ins don't have to be major. It could be 10 minutes coffee, five minutes Skype, whatever you want. Just make yourself available. Don't let their goals fall to the wayside, hold them accountable and give them the support they need to work towards something, and for something. All right, this third piece of homework in our workshop, this one is a big one, but it's gonna help you commit to owning these five traits and these five principles. I want you to set up a team meeting. Treat it as your own state of the union. Tell them what's going on at the company or what's going on in your department at a high level. Share with your team members what you really need them to focus on to help the company meet those high-level goals. Let them ask you questions. Make yourself available for candid conversation. And then ask them to go around the table and share and celebrate one big win they've had from the past few weeks. And then also share an area that's currently something that they could use a little help in. Cause I think what you're going to find is the excitement behind sharing and celebrating wins is contagious. And we want that to be the energy that we're leading with and then opening up the conversation for people who need a little support does a couple of things. One, it lets us all know that everyone is challenged at work, right? It's called work for a reason. Everyone needs a helping hand. But it also allows team members to connect with one another and potentially provide solutions and additional support to each other, which is really important. And it also creates a forum for you to provide real time, actionable guidance or advice in an open forum where others can maybe learn from that conversation. And then in that meeting, I want you to close it with a commitment to be available for support and regular conversation to your team. Invite them to provide you with candid feedback about what has and hasn't been working in a one-on-one format or even via email. And then follow up. Stand by your word. Tell them how committed you are to being a goal-oriented, open coach of a boss. And I think you'll see an immediate change in the team, a little more pep in their step. And now your next piece of homework is to use these five traits to maintain that positive energy and that positive momentum going forward every day. You got this. Okay, something I do every episode is take a real life question from you and answer it. And this week's question came from a current client I am working with, and it is, how do I know if my workplace is toxic or if I'm just tired? Now, you may laugh at how they ask that question, but it is such a legit question, right? Because sometimes when we are so in something, we don't see it for what it is. And so sometimes we may actually be in a toxic workplace or a work situation and not even realize it, but other times, you could be in burnout mode, right? And in that space, everything feels heightened. So the smallest challenge at work can feel really, really heavy. So this question I think resonates with a lot of people. And I just say, if you're thinking that you're feeling a little bit of the burnout, the number one thing you can do is just give yourself some space and time to recharge. So take a personal day, take a long weekend, take a deep breath, Give yourself the space to just detach a little bit and in that space, focus on some self-care, right? But self-care with the lens of work. So clean your desk, clean out your inbox, reprioritize what you need to do on your to-do list and get organized. And if you need help from your coach, meaning your boss or your manager, ask them, say, hey, I've got a lot on my plate right now. I've reprioritized down to these 10 things. Would you give me 10 minutes to walk you through them? And maybe you can help me focus on three to guide me for the next week or two. Really, when you get your head organized and your to-do list focused and you set a couple of goals for yourself, you'll be able to take a beat and continue working with purpose instead of feeling really overwhelmed. So do that and also free up space to do things you enjoy in your personal life. Sleep, eat well, reconnect with family, friends, go for a walk, work out, watch a movie, whatever it does that fills up your cup, make time to do that. If you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to perform well at work. So it's really important to do both of those things in harmony, in tandem, so that you can dive back in and get reengaged at work. But to further answer this question, if burnout is not your problem and you're really wondering if your workplace is feeling toxic and you're not sure, you know there are a few key indicators of a toxic workplace. And so a couple of those that I think are probably most common are disjointed communications, right? If your leadership level communications in particular are passive aggressive or patently unclear or consistently disjointed, right? Meaning different audiences hear different answers or different directions, then there may be some issues brimming with a little bit of toxicity at the top. Another one, which I think is very common, um, is everybody's negative, right? This is a big red flag and one of the most common indicators for toxic workplaces. And you all know how I feel about negative energy. It is contagious. So if you're in a place where bad attitudes abound and negativity rules and everyone is angry and disgruntled, that is a sign that there may be something toxic going on there. Another one is dysfunction. If dysfunction is the word of the day, meaning everything feels in its constant state of chaos, or there's no process, or on the opposite side of that, no one's open to innovation to streamline process, and things feel really clunky and chaotic, that's a bad sign, right? That's not necessarily a place where you're gonna get the opportunity to grow and make an impact. Now, another one that's related to that is if there are no goals, right? If you're at a company that doesn't have or share big business goals or if you don't have a boss that focuses on goals and growth and you're just treated as someone who needs to show up, shut up and work, that is not a great place to spend your time. That is not a place that's going to help you as an ambitious, goal oriented person grow in your career. And the last one is if you are seeing unfair practices taking place. So guys, anytime you see anything resembling racism, sexism, ageism, ableism, favoritism, speak up, that is not a fair and equitable workplace and something that should raise your spidey senses immediately that this is not a place or a culture you want to be a part of. Now, I say all of those things, right? Those are some of the most common toxic workplace traits, but I say all of that to say to you, if you're experiencing one or more of these, I don't advise that you jump ship today. I don't think you go, oh, shoot, my job checks one of those boxes. I'm out of here. And here's why. I am a firm believer of initiating and inviting change at work. Change starts anywhere. Change is owned by everyone. So if you're in a place where something is broken, try to fix it. Articulate and action what the problem is with your boss. I saw this. Here's how we could fix it. See what can be done. Take on an active role in making that change happen before you leave altogether. So let's say You have a manager who has never once asked you what your goals are, or there's no annual review process or no pattern of setting and honoring goals, and you are a person who responds really well to that and you want to grow and advance in the company. Ask your boss if you can change that. Will you help me set and work towards goals because I want to do great at my job and grow into another role? Ask for change. You may be surprised, sometimes you see and experience things in the day-to-day that seem like giant glaring red flags, but your boss might not know, or your boss's boss might not know. And put yourself in their shoes. If you're a new manager listening to this particular episode, you are not aware of some of the baggage that your team you've inherited are carrying from past managers or past roles, right? So there are things you don't know about yet. Give your boss the benefit of the doubt. Before you jump ship, articulate and action opportunities for change within the company. Do what you can to invite change before you make the decision to leave. And trust me, you will not lose anything by doing this. In fact, you will find yourself in a position where you will never regret or ask yourself, what if? Because if you did it and it didn't work, now you know No regrets, and you can move on with peace in your mind, peace in your heart, and go on to your next big opportunity. Guys, if you have a work question or an idea for a future show, hit me up. This show is designed for you, so let me know how I can help you. You can always email me directly, connect at tessawolf.com, or message me on Instagram. You can find us at the Podcast on Instagram. So next week's episode, I'm excited for this one. This is a subject near and dear to my heart. We are going to be talking about workplace culture. We're going to talk about how you, yes you, can cultivate the culture you want at work and how to get others to join you in building a place you're proud of. It's an episode you're not going to want to miss. Before we go, if today was at all helpful for you and you learned something from the work we did together, please do me a favor and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling extra inspired and generous, please give us a rating and review. For more career advice, inspiration, and fun, follow us on Instagram at the Yes Pile Podcast. Until next time, cheers, everyone.